0: Welcome to the Give Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Elizabeth Pearson. She's an executive career coach, author and speaker of I Get Women Unstuck. Elizabeth, thanks so much for being on our show today.
1: Thanks for having me, Christopher.
0: So we were talking prior about uh, how, you know, you're in corporate America as, as was I. And so what was that transition for you? Because some people, let's say we have guests from all around the world and different generations, right? So let's say some millennials are listening or Gen Z. And I absolutely agree with what you're saying in terms of corporate America, but I want to hear kind of like, you know, what was that turning point for you where you had a great corporate America job and you know, what, what, what happened in terms of the transition and made you want to create your own company? Yeah.
1: Well, I think that um, people know if they have an entrepreneurial spirit or not pretty young. And um, growing up, I always knew I wanted to be my own boss, but it always seemed a little too risky. And I definitely played into the social and uh, familial conditioning of get a safe job, right? You know, starting your own company is too risky. Just wait, work for somebody else. So I was immediately kind of pulled towards these small, scrappy startup businesses. And the one that I started with was vitamin water at the time. Um, so this was, you know, way back in like 2002, when I was in college. And I loved working for those types of businesses. And it was awesome. So I continued with that. And then the the deeper I got into it, and the, the higher I rose, um, as far as like, you know, being a decision maker, a strategic player within those companies, I realized that, like not only they were great visionaries don't get me wrong but at the same time i think the closer you get to the top you realize that you could do that too so i knew i just needed to find i need to figure out what my thing was i knew it wasn't going to be selling a tangible like a a consumer based product like that like a beverage or something so that was really kind of like the catalyst It had always been there and then um about three years ago i i had gotten my coaching certification. I was coaching girlfriends uh, pretty loosely, you know, at wine nights and stuff, but they were getting <laughs> big results. They were taking my- Why um,
0: coaching Elizabeth or both?
1: <laughs> well, they were taking the advice and I was providing them tools and they were making pretty significant changes in their lives. And so I saw that I could help them. And I thought there's so many other women out there that I can help, especially women in male dominated fields, like sales, which was my background. I was almost always the only female in the room. I was definitely the only female at the dinners, um, things like that. So I thought I could blend the two and, um, and not let all of my experience go to waste um, and I could apply it to my clients. So that's what I did. I finally got the guts um, about three years ago to really just bless my sales career and say goodbye to it and then transition into my own thing. And I've never looked back and it's been so incredibly rewarding and fulfilling.
0: Well, congratulations, and I commend you for your courage. So let's talk about some of these tools, Elizabeth, because again, so many of us need tools. What are some of the tools that you feel worked for some of your friends or clients during a transition for for your current uh, situation?
1: Yeah, so I think a a lot of times when people come to me and they say they feel stuck, it's really hard for them to um, identify why they feel that way. And, And so we spend some time getting some clarity around what what doesn't feel good in your life anymore? I think that that's when you're out of alignment is when there's some area in your life, whether it's your career, it could be your marriage, it could be where you live, it could be some other sort of relationships or just the fact that you're not checking in with yourself enough. We we really try to pinpoint which area is causing the most restlessness, the most dis-ease. And then once we focus in on that, if it is your career, we start peeling back the layers of, why it's not feeling good? What's going on in there? Are you not feeling acknowledged? Are you not moving forward? And, and why? And a lot of that, I'm sure you can attest to it too, Christopher, is they've lost their, their feelings of gratitude for certain things. So even a crappy job, you should still be able to find some sort of gratitude in it and be able to go to it joyfully each day and then rest in the belief that whatever's next, the, the next better opportunity, will make itself um, present in your awareness. So then you can kind of reach for the next monkey bar, right, the next rung. But a lot of people just get stuck um, in that kind of that trap of negativity. And it's really hard to, to pull yourself out. Sometimes you need somebody else to grab you by the hand and pull you forward.
0: No, absolutely, because again, it's like you can be a writer, but you need an editor, you know, like you you can't see behind your head. So it's helpful to hire people like yourself as a coach to share with them objectively what they really need to get unstuck on. You know, I'm always fascinated with questions, as you might have saw in my scheduling form. I always ask basic things like favorite food, or like, what's the most memorable moment, because even that seems like a simple question, but you get gleaned so much. So for you, are there certain questions that you ask that it allows you to, 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 to break into like their, their world, you know? Because I'm always just fascinated in terms of like how easy and simple certain questions are, when you share them, it just opens up a whole world. So are there certain things that you, right. you say to your clients that, that allows you yeah. to have that sense of openness?
1: Absolutely, I mean, and it, it, to your point, it seems so simple and surface, but I, a lot of times I ask them what their self-care practice is, because mm. I can assess a lot from the answer on that. Um, some people laugh, Um, They don't have one. They don't even know what it is. Um, I'll ask them if they meditate, are they working out? Because if they don't have anything established or they have one that's pretty sporadic, I can tell that they've already devalued themselves and their joy and their um, happiness. So that is a a really basic question, but it's incredibly insightful. Um, And I ask them too what their support system looks like. Again, sometimes it's met with a laugh. Um, it's non-existent. You know, they might have some catty girlfriends who they don't really feel like they can share what's going on. They might feel threatened at work to to say their big dreams or that they want their boss's job or something like that. So if there's if there's a lack of self care or there's a lack of a really supportive friend or family um, system around them, then those are typically some of the first places we focus on so that we can get that built up.
0: And no, that's great. I mean, again, these simple questions seemingly are simple, but it really allows you like when you say to me, you know, what's your self care? And if, if I can't say things, it's kind of like, well, maybe you don't have a consistency or foundation, because again, if you don't have these foundational things on, how can you work on the layers above the foundation? And when you ask a question and when you ask or you mention that, it, I, I can see like, that's a great question. It's simple, right? Yeah. So, Relative to your focus of with women, what do you think are some challenges that women might have to face? And again, it might seem obvious, might not, but again, I I wanna be a an open person. This is a platform for you where we have both male and and female listeners. But again, I I always tell women like I have both female clients and male clients, but I look, I don't know how it feels to be a woman, but I'm a minority, so I know how it feels like to be outsider, right? So it's again, I, I it's not it doesn't feel good. So I'm curious like what are some things that you would wanna tell women that's like, look this is life you know mm-hmm. how, how, what are some things that you feel that women might have to deal with that that, that men um, might not think about or how we as men can be mindful of that
1: yeah i think that specifically in like corporate america i feel like there's just a separate set of expectations for women i and and it can be self-imposed a lot of times women will try to overcompensate for these perceived insecurities right maybe they're a mother and they feel like they have to really double down and they have to take the extra business trip or stay the extra night or do whatever so that there's no question in their employer's mind of how committed they are. Um, so I see women doing that a lot and it's it's something that is unsustainable and it just perpetuates these unrealistic ideals of how committed you're gonna be and how hard you're gonna hustle. I mean, I put off putting having kids for five years and. For my work. And I told my boss, you know, every time he started a new company and wanted me to come over and work with him on it. um, You know, he never asked me, but I would offer up, I'd say, okay, I'll wait two more years. Uh, I promise you, I won't get pregnant for two years. And that is so ridiculous. That, yes. I, that I felt that needs to be I had a, a kind of
0: right there, Elizabeth.
1: <laughs> right. And I had to say that because yeah. I knew he was thinking it. And I knew yeah. he was going to question if he brought me over to run sales for this company, which is the company, yeah. then, you know, or a large territory of that company and call on Target and Kroger and these big buyers. I knew that he was, that was the question he needed answered without having to ask me. So, you know, you don't hear that and and the conferences I would be at and they'd ask me if I'm a mom and I'd say, and they'd say, oh, who's with the kids? Mm-hmm. Well, their dad's with the kids. You know what yeah. I mean? I never heard fathers or men being asked if they were parents, who's taking care of the kids. Mm-hmm. So these were things, and 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 this is what women struggle with. And instead of getting, you know, resentful about it or angry or negative, we just need to like work diligently to kind of right the ship towards an egalitarian landscape for professionals. So that's what I work with them on instead of being reactionary and getting mad and telling them, well, who do you think's watching the kid? You know what I mean? Like, There's different ways to deal with that. And yeah. there's, we can use everything to your advantage. So that's a lot of you know, what I provide is, is how to navigate it at the top um, or just to like pull the cord and get out. <laughs> If that's not what you want to do, and that's an industry that's probably not going to change anytime soon, it's probably um, smart to think about pivoting to something else. No, that's
0: great advice, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for your advice. How can our guests stay in touch with you and learn more about your services?
1: Yeah, it's really easy. They can just go to my website, elizabethpearson.com, or uh, follow me on Instagram. It's coach.elizabeth.pearson.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Have a great day.
1: Thanks, Christopher.